0: Welcome back to the High White Health Podcast, and thanks for connecting with us again on Podwheels, powered by Radio Nemo. In this episode of the podcast, we'll be joined by Dr. Jared Meacham, who is a registered dietitian, fitness professional, and educator. Dr. Meacham will be discussing the topic of hydration and the importance of hydration in extreme heat. He'll also talk about the different types of electrolytes. Dave Nemo will be your host for this edition of the Highwood Health Podcast. And now let's hand it off to Dave for his feature interview with Dr. Jared Meacham. Dr. Meacham, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Dave. Thank you for having me on with you and your
1: listeners. I'm sure that in your line of work, you have always preached proper hydration, and I use the word proper here, but now it's becoming a newsworthy item. When people are having a trip and fall on the sidewalks in Phoenix, Arizona, they're getting second and third degree burns. People are getting third degree burns from doorknobs. The sun feels like an artificial heater. It's a different feeling on the skin than it ever was. I mean, it's really tangible. So now water has has always been essential. What is the percentage of water in our bodies? Like 94% or something like that. <laughs> but here we go right into the brave new world.
2: Yeah, water is anywhere between 50 and usually about 70% of a person's body, depending on muscle mass and all these different factors. And as you said, when it's hot out, hydration becomes even more important than it typically is. And it's probably the most fundamentally important process in the entire body. But we see acute instances where somebody gets caught without enough water, without enough fluid, without enough electrolytes in their body. And then some sort of episode happens when we see extreme weather conditions, extreme heat conditions, and people just aren't prepared. So yeah, it's really unfortunate, but it's something we can plan for and typically avoid.
1: One of the things that we tend to deal in terms of hydration is, well, you're either dehydrated or you're hydrated, and there's no middle ground. I know personally what can happen when you dehydrate yourself. I mentioned this a little bit earlier this morning. I won't go into detail here, but I dehydrated myself to the point to where I had to go to the emergency room, and it got pretty scary. A kidney stone was involved that I didn't even know I had, and all of that, but I let it go way too far. And you mentioned something just a moment ago depending on your body size and your type and all of that so there are all these ifs ands or buts so that when you say the average human needs seven to nine hours of sleep you'll hear the guy come up and say well i only need five hours of sleep when i'm doing just fine does he really only need five or is it just that he's getting five and he's dealing with it What about under-hydration? Is that a long-term danger, if I'm making any kind of sense there?
2: The research around that may be a little bit spotty, but the answer is yes. Water, fluid, electrolyte balance is, as I said previously, probably one of the most important aspects to health and vitality in general when we are underhydrated or undernourished in general, things start to go wrong. It's typically not going to be some episode where you just fall over dead or something like that. It's going to be this long process of my skin starts to get dry and I don't pay attention to that. And I'm finding myself constipated more often and I'm not paying attention to that. And my urine is getting darker and I'm not paying attention to that. And then other things start to happen. These things start to snowball from chronic underhydration. So I think it's smart to ask that question because you don't necessarily have to be completely dehydrated in a severe manner in order to start having some health problems associated with fluid imbalance. That chronic daily underhydration can start to take its toll as well.
1: Gotcha. Because who connects the dots between Itchy skin and lack of water. What you do for that is you go buy
2: a bottle of stuff and put it on your skin. Sometimes it's a pretty simple issue, and other times it's not. Issues and whatnot can work with you, but yeah, there's a lot of very telltale signs of lack of fluid in the body.
1: So, water is essential. We know that electrolytes are essential, and we don't know much about that except that I can buy this product on the shelf next to this other product on the <laughs> shelf, and I'm looking at the labels and I'm comparing, well, oh, the electrolytes i gotta have these and there's a brand i'm just going to say the brand because i remember this from when my daughters were young pedialyte we gave that to kids oh. and there's a pedialyte for adults now so we are taking it we are starting to understand it i went through the short list of the ums you've got your calcium your sodium your magnesium your potassium and then chloride doesn't fit into there but it is those are typical electrolytes we pretty much have heard of all of these can you bounce through some of those to kind of give us a hint as to what we're not getting if we're not drinking or eating the proper foods because you're not going to get electrolytes from the water from a tap correct
2: correct what we're looking for here are minerals so, they're all the things that you would find in bone or in your blood or even in your skin. So, we're looking at sodium primarily, potassium, as you said, magnesium, calcium, phosphorus chloride, bicarbonate. These are the things that we're looking for. And you hit the nail on the head. You're not going to get these in any significant amount from water. Where you're going to get them is from a balanced diet. Green leafy vegetables, colorful vegetables, some fruits, lean meats, fishes, red meat, chicken, these kinds of things are going to have different types and different amounts of these minerals in them, beans which fall under legumes. These kinds of things are going to have all sorts of very, very rich amounts of these necessary minerals in them so that they can then get to work helping your body maintain its natural processes.
1: So if you say, okay, eat a well-balanced diet and all of your problems are solved because you're doing everything you can do. If you've got a problem that's not being solved with proper diet, well, then go to the doctor and find out what it is. But am I overstating the fact? And you and I had a quick discussion about what my wife said the other day about the sun feeling like an artificial heat now. It doesn't feel like the old-fashioned sunshine that we used to feel on our skin. It's a more intense heat. It's a different feel. Can we eat enough? Enough now to provide enough electrolytes to deal with these crises that we are having in terms of dangerous heat.
2: Yes, yes. The average person can do that. If you're talking about an elite level athlete, a professional athlete, a college athlete who's playing a vigorous sport out in the August sun in Southern Alabama, then they're going to have sports drinks and whatnot that are specifically designed to give them the minerals necessary to function properly. But for most of us, eating a healthy, well-balanced diet each day is going to do it. The challenge with that is most of us just are not getting whole natural foods in logical proportions. We're eating too many products dust foods, we're eating too many carbonated beverages and caffeinated beverages and alcoholic beverages. And these things all work against electrolyte action in the body. They actually leach mineral in some cases from the body and essentially waste those nutrients. Part of the challenge is we're not eating in a way that promotes hydration and electrolyte balance. We're eating in a way that provides some of these essential central nutrients, but then also robs us of them as well.
1: And, of course, we call this program the Highway to Health because the folks that we're talking to are on the highway literally as well as figuratively. Mm -hmm. When you're on the highway, as you well know, it's much more difficult to eat those proper types of foods, proper varieties, and the proper amounts. And I'm not knocking anything about life on the road. It is what it is and the availability of different foods are what they are. So would it be safe to say that for a professional truck driver who's out on the road doing the best he or she can, can in terms of balance. In this regard, maybe a supplemental electrolyte mixture would be a safer bet.
2: Yeah, on occasion, there's nothing wrong with getting a little extra just to make sure you're doing okay. I mean, these minerals that we're talking about, calcium, magnesium, potassium, as we age, we tend to under absorb them anyway. And some of them aren't absorbed fully by the body when we eat them anyway. So a little extra supplementation is good. The message I always use, though, is let's not rely on the supplements for our nutrients. Let's use the supplements for what they're designed for, which is to fill the gaps. And first of all, thank you to all the truckers who are out there listening. I am just so grateful for the work they do. And so I can empathize with some of the demands of the job, but yeah, some supplementation is good. The challenge there is going to be making sure we're not getting too much sugar that is often infused into those supplements. And then watching our sodium levels as well. If we're sitting for a lengthy period of time or if we have heart disease, or if we have blood pressure issues or weight issues or anything associated with that, Sometimes too much sodium can work against us as well. And there are formulations of electrolyte supplements that are low in sugar or have no sugar and are low in sodium or have no sodium as well.
1: Dr. Meacham is a registered dietitian, fitness professional, educator, and manages a global fitness and wellness program for an international development institution, and teaches at the university level. One of the things that I wanted to bring up here this morning, Dr. Meacham, is how to hydrate. Do you take a gallon of water and chug it and say, well, there's my water for today, or do you handle that in a different way? And then for truck drivers, it's another issue, because what goes in must come out, and that's a challenge we won't get into that here on this program but hopefully in the future we'll be able to do that so let's talk about salt i had a heart attack about 10 years ago and of course they told me salt is the problem or one of your problems cut down on that that is really hard to do in this world that we live in as you point out we eat about 30 percent more sodium every day than what we really need what happens to that 30 percent does it linger what harm does that do to us when we have too much salt
2: Yeah, it causes a number of problems in our vascular system primarily, creates inflammation throughout our system, but also it just wreaks havoc on our filtration system in general, our kidneys primarily. It just overloads them with that sodium that they try to filter out of your urine. So ultimately, your body does get rid of it, but not without repercussions. Too much sodium chronically is going to create different problems. And as you mentioned, hypertension or high blood pressure, that's the ultimate telltale sign that we're probably doing something inappropriate dietarily and sodium is the culprit there very often
1: pretty easy to look at labels and see what the salt content and add that up. But then one of the things that we all kind of gloss over when it comes to those labels is serving size. (laughs) You get this little bag of chips or something that you're going to have with lunch, and then you look at the serving size, and there's three servings in there, and it's like, wait a minute. So we kind of gloss over that. But it's real easy to know the numbers, but it's super easy to exceed those numbers numbers.
2: It sure is. and That's unfortunate. The organizations that govern serving sizes and labels and all that are working to make sure that the serving sizes that are put on American foods are more in line with what people are eating as an actual part of their day. So it's not so unrealistic. As you said, a small bag of chips, you look at it and there's three servings in there and you think, I just ate the whole thing and I'm wanting another one. Our diet is key, but as you indicated, sodium's probably the most important electrolyte for hydration maintenance in the body, but it's one that we get far too much of as americans in general there's another
1: side to this coin so let's put salt on one side flip it over and talk about coconut water that has had an explosion of popularity
2: slash notoriety Yeah, coconut water is great. A lot of us, when we think about drinking a half gallon or a gallon of water a day, it may seem boring. I personally love it, it's very refreshing, but for many of us, we want a little flavor. So coconut water is a great example. If you get 100% coconut water that has minimized the added preservatives and sugars, then you're really doing your body some justice there because it's going to be loaded with a number of minerals, primarily potassium, magnesium, and others. So the only real issue there with coconut water is if Somebody had some sort of chronic kidney disease they'll probably want to limit that due to the potassium in it and they can talk to their doctor but otherwise it's a fantastic hydration tool.
1: And that's a perfect example of knowing what you're getting And where you're getting it from, because electrolytes, when you look at the list, there's potassium right there. Boy, we need that potassium, and we do. But the guy with kidney disease or something like that doesn't. So you can't just go with what's good for Frank. And boy, we kind of get caught up into that. So it's really all very personal.
2: It really is. And it just goes back to the idea of let's do the best to take care of ourselves, In the present, starting now, starting today, it's never too late so that any issues that we may be having, hopefully we can minimize those and hopefully we can avoid other issues. But that's why fresh, clean water and high quality natural foods, whole foods are gonna be the ticket no matter who we are, no matter what our stage of life is. And if we begin that today, good things start to happen because as you said, sometimes these minerals that we need for electrolyte balance, actually we start to have to limit those if we develop certain conditions over time. And that can become troublesome because they're found in literally everything we eat and drink. And so we try to avoid that if at all possible. And it's certainly manageable with quality health care we have here in the United States and dietary maintenance to avoid certain minerals if we need to. But we do try to avoid that. And that always leads us back to the importance of water in general, which doesn't have a significant amount of any of these things it is really the gold standard for hydration
1: hydration. There are methods to add fluids and to maintain fluid levels in the engines. There are different types of fluids in there. The fluid levels that we keep in our body, we need to keep a level of fluid in our body, not let it drain out. We don't let the tank run empty and then fill it up and everything's fine again. Engine doesn't care, but our bodies do. You personally drink 20 Ounces of fresh water immediately upon waking up each morning. First thing. How did you develop that? How did you find out that that was a thing to do for you?
2: It started years and years ago. I was a bodybuilder in the late 90s, early 2000s, and bodybuilders and physique athletes tend to drink a lot of fluid because the more fluid you drink, the more fluid you lose. It's important to have that fluid running through your body at all times. And, of course, the challenge there then is electrolyte balance. But what I realized was every healthy thing in the body is somehow tied to hydration. Hydration helps keep our body's highways moving. It keeps our blood at the right viscosity or thickness so that it is moving the oxygen and the nutrients to the cells and everything centers around water and hydration in the body. I just found that I was feeling thirsty throughout the day, and thirst is not a good indicator of hydration. If we find ourselves thirsty, chances are we're already slightly dehydrated. So I was finding myself thirsty throughout the day in various ways, and I thought, you know what, I need to just figure out how to put this on autopilot so I don't have to think about it anymore, so it's an automatic situation like jumping out of bed. And talking to some old guys in the gym. They gave me the technique, and it stuck.
1: Well, we could go on, and I would wish we will. Maybe in the near future, I'd love to have you back. Dr. Jared Meacham, thank you for sharing all of this expertise this morning.
0: That closes out this edition of the Highway Health Podcast. We would like to take this opportunity to thank you once again for spending part of your day with us on Podwheels, powered by Radio Nemo. Now, folks, you can always find the Highway Health Podcast through Podwheels, powered by Radio Nemo, And let's tell you about a few of the outlets where the podcast is available. You can listen to all of the episodes of the Highway to Health podcast through our website. Or you can subscribe to the podcast through all of the major podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Just go to wherever you get your podcast and search Highway to Health. The Highway to Health podcast is a production of Podwheels powered by Radio Nemo.